Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you've been having a great week. Thanks for listening to the podcast and subscribing on iTunes. Uh, Give them those five-star ratings and comments on the iTunes page. If you haven't done it yet, do it right now while you're listening to the intro. Uh, And we are keeping these intros short, by the way, uh, per per your requests on Twitter. So you're welcome. You're welcome, whoever did that and was kind of a dick about it, but but had a point, <laughs> so thank you. Uh, give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Comment on the iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts. Whatever you want to put. Something positive about why you love the pod, a favorite app, a favorite moment. Um, do it right now before we get into the episode. We appreciate it. We appreciate all your Twitter and email love. Um, it's just uh, been a nice groove of episodes and so so many good ones in the bank right now that I wish we could drop them all in one day. And uh, Fuck, we might do that one day because we've got so many good ones and it just... Why not? Marin does a twofer. Why not? Why not us? Uh, today's episode, a great episode. A a guy who Brad and I have both known since we started. He, I think he's he might be in his mid to late forties, but he looks like he's younger than all of us because he's found the fucking secret of being healthy and 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 staying fit. Um, I'm talking about the one and only Court McCown. That's right, baby, Court McCown. Great stand-up comic, great actor, great fucking dude. We talk about just dudes, dudes that are uh, fun to be around. And that if you like sports and comedy and you're not a piece of shit and you work hard and you've got an opinion, court's your man. You'll, you'll be uh, great pals with this guy. And uh, Brad and I have, uh, have the privilege of calling uh, Court a friend. Um, this episode, I mean... Court has so many amazing stories, from parting with Robert Downey Jr. to being chased by O.J. Simpson on a golf course, to knowing Polly Shore pre-MTV Polly Shore, to starting uh, an amazing comedy show at the Palms Casino in Vegas uh, that coincided with Playboy and their Playboy comedy nights. Uh, Court has fucking done it all, and we went 90 minutes on this one because we tried to cover as much as we could. A lot of laughs, a lot of amazing stories. Court's an amazing storyteller. He was in. Teen Wolf, for God's sakes. How he got that role in acting along Michael J. Fox. This is just uh, one of my favorite episodes we've had in a while. Court crushes it. If you have a chance to see him live, do so. He's at the Comedy Store a lot, the Improv. He's on the road all the time. Uh, So anyway, enjoy the hell out of this episode. And follow Court on Twitter at Court McCowan. That's M-C-C-O-W-N. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Follow the podcast on Twitter at ALN Podcast. At ALN Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Adam Ray 33 on Instagram. Brad is Brad Williams Comic on Instagram. Um, com for all your ALN merch needs. Hats, shirts, mugs, posters. Of course, the E.T. promo pic that we posted on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram will be available for purchase in two weeks. T-shirt and poster. So head over to AstoyMerchandise.com and pre-order that shit right now. Um, and more promo pics coming. I think we're going to make about three or four more, uh, more T-shirts out of uh, these amazing shots <clears throat> Excuse me, that our uh, girl Nicole Bisek took for us. Um, you can follow her at, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, Nicole Bisek Photography. Um, this weekend, Brad is in Toledo, Ohio at the Funny Bone, uh, June 16th and 17th. 
7.30 and 10 p.m. show. 7.30 on the 16th, 10 p.m. on the 17th. Toledo, Ohio. Funny Bone. Brad Williams. Go see him. Uh, I am uh, nowhere this weekend. I'm, uh, I've got a couple. I've got gigs in town, which you can check all my dates at AdamRayTV.com. I've got uh, one gig in San Francisco on the 23rd as a part of the Leafly Comedy Show. Me and Eric Andre. Uh, go to Leafly.com to see that or get your tickets at AdamRayTV.com. And then, uh, holy shit, I'm two weeks away from starting Mad TV, baby. Oh, my God. We're doing, it's all of July, all of August, and most of September, shooting Mad TV. I'm so pumped. The official announcement was today. Uh, so if you've seen me blasting it on every social media site, the article, they posted it, cast, photo. I mean, I couldn't be more pumped. I'm, I'm, I've just, you know, I've worked. Everything I've done up until this point has prepped me for this, and I'm, I'm, I'm planning on crushing it and bringing a lot of great and uh, fresh comedy to the CW. Um, so get excited for that. I'm sure more details of when the premiere date uh, will follow. And as soon as I find that out, I'll uh, let you guys know. Um, so again, all my tour dates, AdamRayTV.com, uh, BradWilliamsComedy.com for his tour dates. And uh, I think that's it. Of course, Ghostbusters, July 15th. We're getting closer. Uh, the Paul Feig episode will, will be a few weeks before that, as well as a bunch of other uh, great episodes. Uh, and uh, again, stay subscribed to the podcast. Listen to it on your iPhone, Android, aboutlastnightpodcast.com, wherever you can. And now that we got the tour dates out of the way, those are the Twitter handles, the merch info. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Court McCowan. Well, the week. So it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast? Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. You probably don't get starstruck anymore, though. No. <laughs> well, that and, like, I know that when I was doing Playboy Comedy with you, you would tell me these insane stories. We would just be hanging out, and I'd be like, oh, Court, what's going on? You're like, ah, I just got done playing golf with Jesper Parnovic down in Florida, and we were talking to him, and, you know, because Tiger's wife was there, because you know, yeah, she they, used to be the mate. I think they were still married back then. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, well, because you're friends with his... Uh, he's friends with a professional golfer named Jesper Parnovic, who's a good. Go- I like, caddy for him. That's I, insane. I caddy for him on tour now. Yeah, that's fucking insane. Yeah. So I, I just got back last week. We played like a cunt on Sunday. So <laughs> it was terrible. But um, but yeah. yeah, Tiger's wife, the one that uh, he cheated on, yeah. who, yeah. who hit him with the nine iron, uh, it was Jesper's nanny. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. She has a twin sister, too. That's Fuck, it. she's hot. <laughs> oh, Her twin God. sister is so hot. Oh, no. Stop it. I have twin nieces. But it's I can't fun. hear this. Yeah, you know, I just saw I saw them a few. I saw them last year. I saw Elian last year. We went to see, um, maybe it was two years ago. We went to see this band that's now huge. I can't even think of the name of them right now. Vertical Horizon? No. It's like uh, not... not um, it wasn't fun. It was like another oh, band, Pompeii like, or something. No, another yeah. band like that. I can't. I want to say, uh, fuck. It's not the Lumineers. 
Now, kind of like them. Though. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like, like them. Like 15 people, a banjo. They all, there was like, go, there was like yeah, four guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I want to say, it wasn't Arctic Monkeys, but it was like somebody like that. Okay. For sure. Yeah, okay. anyway. It'd be great if we spent the rest of the podcast just trying to naming figure. bands. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. Who, no, no, no. Not Imagine that. Dragons? No. Yeah. Uh, yes, that was it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> the Dwarf That's Powers. It. That was it. That was it. <laughs> dwarf Powers it. are amazing. Magic. But we went there, and Alien yeah. was there, and I was like, ah, oh, she was single. But then yeah. she was with this dude who's like a billionaire. But he was like older than me, and I was like, "Oh, I got a shot! I got a shot!" <laughs> yeah, but you look but like I don't, you're younger than us. But so. I don't have a billion dollars. Yeah, well, not with that. Attitude. He's like <laughs> huge, like billions and billions. Well, of it's dollars. because so she's when, fine. Yeah. Well, when, she's when great. you get two hundred and fifty million dollars in a divorce or five hundred million yeah. or however much she got, like Jesus Christ, it, isn't it crazy that even with how much money she got? She still dates up. Dates up. Buddy. Like she still goes dating like, up, well, dating up. I'm worth five hundred million dollars. I own three homes, but uh, let's go for a billionaire. Yeah, like that's, that's amazing crazy. that they still date up. Sal- Salma Hayek is going out with with a billionaire. Mariah Carey is going yeah, out with a billionaire. Think, like these women, I think that part of the rationale has to be like, I've got to stick it to the guy, right? So a little bit. Well, I mean, you think like Elian was like, I got to stick it to him. No, yeah. I, I think the situation was she has kids. Yeah. And, you know, and this guy was basically now, look, there I, I, I kind of take that stance that I'm so tired of seeing guys get just fucking reamed, you know, financially, financially yeah. for yeah. a divorce, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, be you, fair, be fair, be fair. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you know, here's a guy, you know, who's basically, you know, just Banging whores left and right, and whores, and ugly whores. Yeah, I mean, not even Waffle like, House. Yeah, Waffle House shit. Yeah, and um, and 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 it's like, and then just gets busted cold, and it's like, you know, unfortunately, you fucking idiot. Yeah, you know, you could have slid out of this thing for maybe a hundred million. Right, but no, you had to go get caught with a Waffle House whore in an airplane. <laughs> you think? You think there was a certain amount of like. That like there was a uh, like maybe if it only had been a couple women and they were like like do you I, think it would be I, like I the waffle house like she was like you know what I got a lot of tolerance I, I think she what, fucked the girl who makes my waffles for my kids you know what I think it really comes down to and and honestly I think it comes down to attorneys attorneys get in there and they go because they're going to get a piece sure you know so an attorney's like look here's what we can do. And, oh, you're and, right. and it's like it's like the agent trying to get uh, yeah, Will Smith to... more money for Wild Wild West too, yeah. and that's why it didn't happen. <sighs> by the way, yeah. yeah and you're like, what? God. He's only going to make twenty million dollars, <laughs> yeah. but they want to make their fifteen percent or their ten percent of twenty million. That's two million. But if if, if I get him thirty million. That's yeah. another million dollars for but me. Jada will do it for two. <laughs> <laughs> Shots See? fired, Jada. And you, She'll do it. You for weren't invited two. to the Oscars, and you ain't invited on this podcast. Yeah. But but like, have you always been like you played golf your entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and then it's one thing. Like my dad has been played golf since he was age four, and he told me he's like that. Being a golfer will. That'll open the world up, like because everyone it does it. Does it does it? Yeah. You get into these like, um, get into these crazy deals. You get to meet these crazy people. And, yeah. Um, it's it's like it's almost like a secret. Wor- I mean, like the being on the court. Like I don't know. This- well, I I think there's a there's a different there's different sets there's different levels to it. If yeah. you're good, mm-hmm. if you're good, and you play with these guys, like I've played with half the PGA Tour. 
What? You know, and it's like, and I mean, it, when you're good and you play with them, they it, it's a little more fun than if you suck. <laughs> and because you got to realize yeah. all these golfers you see on the tour and all these golf every like they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You see them in the tournaments, you know. Mm-hmm. But what you don't see is Monday and Wednesday when they play with in these proams with these fucking hacks. That oh, all just paid a lot of money just to paid be there. like five grand to play. Oh, with you can these do that. Guys. Oh yeah, they do it every week. Like a pay to play. It's every week. Every week there's a pro am, oh, wow. and there's a pro am on Monday, and there's a pro am on Wednesday. So you've got one pro with four amateurs that suck. <laughs> I mean, fucking suck. <laughs> but, but literally <laughs> suck. <laughs> but, Did I say that they suck <laughs> because they fucking suck? How bad though? Because like I, I feel like I there's some there's some that are that are okay. But you're talking about 20 handicappers that, you know, and then the worst part is, is they flail it off the tee, you know, into the woods, and they're just still trying to play, and it's like, you know, no, I'm not fuck a, off. Just, ta- I'm not, just tap just, out, just sit back, tap and out and watch the pro. No. Yeah, yeah, enjoy so you got, yourself. You got, you got a front row seat to watch one of the best in, in the world do what they do. Yeah. Uh, I play, I, have you ever played, like, those celebrity yeah. prompt? Uh, I played one of those where... Uh, I was at the Pachanga. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was at the comedy club there, and they had a pro-am tournament or whatever, a celebrity tournament. And uh, one of the celebrities dropped out. So they called the comedy club. It was like, who's the comic? Can he play golf? Yeah. And uh, they, whoever, whatever 18-year-old guy looked down, saw my picture, and was like, oh, uh, we've got Wee Man here. And oh, so then fuck. I go down to the golf cart the next day. And it says on Wee my Man. cart it says Wee Man. And, and I'm like, like, son fuck of a bitch. You. Yeah. yeah, I was so upset and uh, I was gonna go switch it, but then my group came up and they're like, Thank God we got you. There's so many lame celebrities here that are just nobodies and we're so glad. I'm like, Oh, okay, I can't lie to these guys now. Yeah. Like, uh yeah, I'm one of those lame celebrities. That's, yeah. that, that's it's, nobody. it's so weird, man. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's there's a lot of guys they're fun, you know, like I you know, I caddied this last week in Tucson and Mm -hmm. you know the pros you know I play with you know I caddy for Jesper and he's really cool to the guys like he'll give them swing tips and he'll help them out and you know some guys treat their caddies like shit no well he treats I'm not talking about he treats the caddy I'm talking about he treats the other players in the pro-am you know even though some of the guys they were okay they won that we won the pro-am last week but um, wow but the whole thing is 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 he's really nice some players don't even speak to the the pro-am guys like oh. the, all the guys, you know, they paid five grand and they don't even talk to them, man. They just they just kind of go along. They're like, yeah, hey, yeah. Hi, how are you? And they so just, I could pay five grand and dress up in like a, a hot dog costume and play. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that I think that's a good use of five grand. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, what? I was going to help my nieces, uh, you know. Go to gymnastics for the next couple of years, but I think that might have to get I'd put on the back. I, I just go to Tijuana for a month to get a serious venereal disease for that kind of money. Well, for for five of those dollars, and yeah. for the rest of it, yeah. put it away for the hospital. Exactly, bills. Exactly, uh, exactly. Now, when you said handicappers, I'm not fully up to term with. Go- I don't know every term, so that doesn't mean like there's a guy with a lazy eye and a guy with like. Uh, no, no, the, no. What they do is is in golf. It, so they they try to figure out a way to level the, so that everybody can play against anybody. So uh, a really skilled player can play against a very unskilled player. So gotcha. it's they call it a handicap. So let's say someone's a a, a twenty four handicap at playing against a two handicap, they get twenty two strokes advantage. So if you know if you were to shoot a hundred and the other guy was to shoot one hundred and twenty two, they would tie. 
Wow. So that's yeah. the way that that's the way that works. Yeah, we, cool. But uh, to your logic, Adam, that always makes for a great joke when I uh, when I when, when I teed up with people and people and they <laughs> looked at me and go, "What's your handicap?" I go, "Dwarfism, you asshole." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and, and, and you know what? I use it every time. It works it every works. time. Oh yeah, it's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be good. It's classic. What yeah. is the uh, what is the? Have you seen some guys get really angry? Like the few times I've golfed with my dad, he's you know seven one, loves to still golf, and sometimes we've been out on courses and. I'll be going a little slow because, um, you know, I'm knocked a couple uh, in the woods and I'm just taking a little yeah. bit longer than expected. And there's guys behind us who don't have the patience for that. And yeah. they will sh- sometimes hit over us uh, or yell at us. And, you know, I that's uh, cause for that's cause for fucking fisticuffs. And my so, yeah, dad is like, hey, just like, let's just play on. But no, I like, got in these shouting altercations and a guy charged me uh, on a course in uh, Vegas <laughs> but I feel like there's even like to me I was like that was kind of crazy but like I'm sure you've seen like straight up f- fights and shit yeah people I, I've seen I've seen it get close uh, the funny it- the funniest thing I ever saw happen was um, we were playing at Encino Golf Course public golf course and mm-hmm. this was years and years ago and uh, OJ Simpson was OJ Simpson had been you know arrested and had got I, I want to say he'd gotten off or or he'd just been arrested he had not gone in you know when he went in jail this yeah. was the memorabilia trial no 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 this oh, was the murder trial. this was the murder trial oh, before shit. and okay. i want to say that it was before you know because he got a he was originally arrested and was released on bail yeah and then and i think it was right around that time or it might have been out i can't remember but i was with this this buddy of mine pete who's an older guy and and we saw oj on the tee box like next to us so, oh, you know man. kind of a, a, about a, about 100 yards away my buddy kind of makes this motion where he looks like a gun and he just goes hey and goes like that you know? <laughs> oh, what the and, and things o- to not do to oj yeah, when and he's at- oj oj started kind of coming after him you know started kind of oh, coming that shit. way yeah dude he's pretty vulnerable at that but point he, yeah. but if that's, but also it's like he's got all fucked up knees he can't really go very fast he kind of starts making a move my buddy pete Hauls ass down the fairway. You think the guy just and, killed a few people? And and that was that was kind of as far as it went. But I never pissed ho- laughed so hard as like my buddy Petey, who's like forty nine, you know, who's got a bag on his back and he's just chugging down the fairway, running away from a crippled OJ Simpson murderer. You know? Can you imagine if OJ like caught up to him and like and like pulled a knife out yeah, and, and, like, and like and like cut his head off <laughs> and, and then and then look for a waiter to fucking stab him. <laughs> Fucking murder, motherfucker! Amazing, and they say like golf, like golf is a is a head game. I can't, be, I can't imagine playing golf when you're about to go on trial for double murder. Uh, well, I I can't remember if he just gotten off, yeah, or what this. I want to say he hadn't gotten off yet. Oh. But he was out because he you know, he used to play all the country clubs and everything, yeah. and then he was kicked out of everything. You think? You think? Yeah. Well, you know, when you well, murder, he was a bad tipper. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do with the murder. No. Yeah. Well, he just kind of lops it off. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> uh, Court, you uh, you and I have something in common, which is Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. My grandparents, uh, well, they were. Uh, my mom was born in Ada, Oklahoma, and so I went there a lot. But then the, the last twenty years of my grandparents' life, they lived in Tulsa, so I went there all the time. I went there, you know, um, to visit, but you grew up there. You were born there. I, I was born in Tulsa. I grew mm-hmm. up in Oklahoma City um, and most of my life, and then I went to school in Stillwater. 
Yes. Yeah. And then and then I moved out here in 84 and I moved right across the street. Was Did my, you really? My first apartment was right across the street. So many me. people have told me they like their first. Harlan was just telling me that he lived. Uh, I literally lived across the street from you, from where you are right now. <laughs> literally across the street. I lived with a buddy of mine. Just Larry staring Dill. at the apartment going, one day I'm going to do a podcast there. Well, it's, <laughs> it's wild. It's like I remember I moved here in an 84. It was during yes. the Summer Olympics. Yep. Oh wow! So it was like in Los Angeles. It yeah. was a really cool time to be here, and um, and I mean, you know, the Laugh Factory was this little bitty, skinny, like you know, tiny, tiny club, and and next to it was a Chinese restaurant. Mm. Not and, Greenblatt's. No, no, between Greenblatt's and the Laugh Factory, Laugh Factory didn't have that big space. Oh, gotcha. Where the big room is, yeah. was I mean, the Laugh Factory used to just be that front entrance, and then straight down. So the all all the thing to the left where the main where the main room yeah. is and the seating and everything is used to be a Chinese restaurant, and it was fucking amazing, best kung pao in the world, man, <laughs> and uh, it was so good. But that, but yeah, so eighty four. So I mean, you're coming. The city is just. Um so that's got to be invigorating, right? Coming from Oklahoma. Yeah, like yeah it was a lot of fun. Because well, I mean, the energy is just like so vibrant, and you're like, all right, I, you, you do want to be around, like you want to get inspired by some of that as you're coming out here to, to just, I mean, did you know people when you moved out here? No, I came out here for a vacation. I came out here to just, you know, for the Olympics yeah. and, to, and to hang out with my buddy Larry. And um, back then I used to party really, really, really hard. Yeah, we'll get into <laughs> those stories. We'll get yeah. into those stories. And, um, <laughs> and I had been up, we'd been up, Late and he was working as a stand-in on a TV show, and uh, in all the way out into like off Topanga Canyon in, in um, Woodland Hills, and this is July, you know, so it's fucking hot, man. And he goes, "Do you want to be an extra on this show?" And I was like, "What the fuck's an extra, man?" And he goes, <laughs> and he t- and he kind of explained it to me. He goes, "Well, you're in a party scene. You just dress up and you just kind of you know you just kind of hang around. You're just kind of in the background." And I was like, "Ugh, that sounds like that sounds awful." He goes, "It pays a hundred bucks." I'm like, "Oh fuck, I'm in, man." I'm in. <laughs> Because that was a lot of money to me. Yeah. And that paid for my plane ticket and, like, you know, yeah. it paid for everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. But uh, we stayed up really late, you know. We had we did some you know we did some stuff yeah and, and some, I mean you played you played a lot of Parcheesi let's say a lot of Parcheesi a I Capri did Sun. a shit ton of blow <laughs> and, and, that's what I meant by Capri Sun yeah I did a shit ton of blow and drank like a maniac on the way out here and mm. um, and I woke up and we had to be there at like six thirty in the morning oh, and I was probably up till three thirty and I was so fucking hungover and it's July in Woodland Hills oh, and Jesus. you're treated like a piece of your dog cattle. shit. Yeah. Your cattle. If you guys don't know about the extra lifestyle, it is terrible. It's terrible. I mean, you're really like your background. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, there couldn't be a better term for it. And you're you in the background. You can't leave. You're, they, usually stick, they usually stick you next to someone that you don't even know, and they're like, hey, uh, make eye contact with this person, but don't actually say anything. So you yeah, just have you're to, like, like you're miming words, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. And it's also 84, so we're in these really like bright-colored fucking outfits, <laughs> and it, you know, big feathered hair. I mean, I had hair all the way down past my shoulders. Oh, yeah. Sure. It, was the, and, it was the 80s on yeah. Sunset Boulevard. Come oh, on, guys. Yeah, and um, and so we got to go inside pretty quick, and we were shooting inside in this air conditioning, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this is awesome." Okay, mm-hmm. I'm cool, and I didn't bring my extra chair, and you know, because as extras they bring chairs to sit outside, sure. and, you know, to be treated like shit yeah. and everything. <laughs> and so, I, I as soon as the scene was over, I was like, Phew, and I went and I went sat down in front of one of these big 
uh, yellow hoses that like blows cool air. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. I was going to throw up at any minute. Yeah. I mean, any time. Are you I still was, high at this point? Oh, I mean, I, don't like, know, I haven't I, done coke. I don't know how long the last like. Well, I mean, I don't know that I was still high, but I was definitely. I, I definitely could have shit my pants or thrown up <laughs> at any moment. <laughs> Because it's like 104, yeah. you know, in Woodland Hills. Great and combo. Yeah. And, uh, and they kept telling me I had to go outside. And I was like, I kept sneaking in. And because um, I didn't know. I didn't, like know, that air, I didn't know the protocol. I was that like, cold air is for Deborah Winger. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they told me at one point, they go, listen, it, you're going to have to be outside. I just went to my buddy Larry and I go, Larry, I'm leaving. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, fuck this, man. I ain't sitting outside in 108-degree yeah. heat. I don't want to have this the hot bullshit. shit pants. I go, yeah. I go, I think I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> so I think I really need... I just give me the keys to the car. I'll come back and get you later. And, uh, and he's like, just chill out, man. Just, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And then, but at the time, they kept coming up behind me. And the show, the show star was John Stamos. Nice. Yeah, oh, first, Stamos. Yeah, it was his first TV show. And so they kept coming up and they go... From behind, they would go, John, we need, and they turn, I go, oh, you're not John. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not John. And they just leave me alone. So I kind of kept getting to stay in the air conditioning. <laughs> Finally, the director of photography comes up to me and he goes, hey, listen, would you be interested in being a photo double for John Stamos? And I was like, uh, yeah, do I get to be inside? Yeah, can you get me a new pair of pants for <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I was like, That's and, amazing. He, and he goes, uh, yeah. He goes, you're basically be a stand in, and, you know, which bumped me up, you know, yeah, more, pay, pay. more pay and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I go, I'm going to be here for 10 days. He goes, I need someone for 10 weeks. What? And, and I was like, Damn. and I go, can I let you know tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. So I went home, talked to my buddy Larry, and I was like, fuck it, I'm, and I just moved here. Holy so shit, I, wow. I, and I worked for 10 weeks on this show. Holy shit, Yeah, so man. it was fun. And you, so, uh, so for those of you who think uh, acting is hard, uh, you just have to come out here, and then you just immediately get a gig. I worked weeks. solid for five <laughs> years, and since then, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. great for five years, 25 years, absolute shit. That is one of those quintessential like Hollywood. Like I mean, I've, I've heard of those stories, but never actually a personal account from, from a yeah. friend of like getting – like discovered like that, and, yeah. And but have, it's it being discovered as yeah. A but still, like, in. yeah. Yeah, but you still had to be. I mean, you were the. I mean, I don't know. You thank God you had great hair and still do. Yeah, it. yeah, it was good. It and was I mean, good. and and thank God you maybe you did just the right amount of coke and booze to be able to wake up and get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you probably left me like, cool. I can still party. Like, yeah, it's actually helping me get. Yeah, games. it's good. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah it did definitely you, turned it up a little bit after that. <laughs> yeah. Did you talk to Samos? Oh yeah, we became buddies. Yeah, yeah we became friends. Um, he was a really cool guy. It was uh, it was like him. Jamie Gertz was on the show. Um, I'm trying to think. Nobody else really that's still around, mm-hmm. you know. But um, it was it was a blast, man. I worked on that show for like ten weeks, and then the show got canceled. Of course, it was a shit. It was an awful show. But um, but the director of photography was like a cool guy. I mean, he did like three amigos. He did oh, shit. he did wow. coach for the entire season. Yeah. You know their their entire run. But I worked on that show, and then the second AD that was on that show, who basically wrangles all the extras, uh, called us in January. The show ended show ended in, I think, November or something, and I had about a month off. And then I got a call, and it was and I did Teen Wolf. There was the guy, the second AD was no the guy shit. from Teen Wolf. And he called me and my buddy Larry, and he goes, I need two basketball players because all the other guys so were principal So let's call kids. some white guys. Well, <laughs> well, I think what it was is he wanted two guys that he knew yeah. because extra work, I mean, most of the time people don't give a shit. They're usually right. out getting high 
mm-hmm. which we were, or or or, but you're not you're never there. Like you're hard to find. Yeah, you know, extras they don't they don't really give a shit because right. you're not getting paid that much. But it was union back then. Yeah. So um, he goes, I need two guys I can count on to be there like every single every single day, mm-hmm. and you know do do what I ask you to do because you're going to be on the court all the time, and you know blah blah blah. So we got that, and uh, it was great. Yeah, so, but at least then you're indoors, plenty of air conditioning. You're wearing tiny shorts. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you know what Team Wolf was when they? Uh, said- no idea. So you were but Michael J. Fox. Nobody knew Michael J. Fox at the time. He wasn't Family Ties yet. He was on Family Ties, but but you got to remember back then, Family Ties was still Meredith Baxter Bernie's show. Mm-hmm. Like when that show started, it was the husband and wife were the real stars of the show. By the way, that just goes to show you that like you can make like her name was Meredith Baxter Bernie, and like there probably was an agent at some point that was like, you got to change that name, <laughs> Meredith Baxter Bernie. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a sex move in Belgium. Yeah. But she's like, no, I'm gonna make it, and then she. I mean, she was the star. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she was the big deal. And then, you know, he kind of kept rising up and rising up, and then uh, switched over to being his show. Yeah, I, I think later on it did because yeah. he because at, he did Teen Wolf, and then after Teen Wolf, um, he got Back to the Future. Jesus. So yeah. after he did Back, to, so when they only fin- because he turned down to be Stamos's uh, hair double. That was yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he could have done it. He could have done it. Uh, that's insane. So wait, so you you just the guy calls you and says, "Do you want to be? We need a basketball player to be in this yeah movie. In this thing." And it was like, yeah, it's like three and a half, four weeks work, and Man. you know, and you're like, "Fuck yeah!" I'll do you do st- it. like that movie? That's one of those movies that is on like every Saturday on some channel, yeah. like dur- dur- during the day. Do you still get residual Fuck checks for no, that? Check? Man. Fuck <laughs> no, man. they cut my line out, man. They oh, cut, they cut no. my line. They cut my line out. Not only that, the studio went bankrupt. So oh, I think the only no. guys, I think the only guys that make money on that are probably Michael J. Fox yeah. and, and uh, Bernard, ben Meredith Baxter Bernie. No. <laughs> she was like, if he's going to do movies, I'm taking a cut. Uh, yeah. That 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 movie Teen Wolf is in that in, in that movie is one of the most famous sort of movie gaffes of I, all time. I still don't know if you see his dick. Is it really his dick, or is the guy just tucking his shirt in? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've looked uh, to not... <laughs> if it was HD, yeah. if it was HD, we could tell. We could tell. I we mean, I don't want to say I've looked wait, long what, and hard, because that's too... What part? There, There's a time when, like, uh, a spoiler alert, uh, they win the game. And, uh, sorry, shocker. Uh, really? In an 80s sports movie, the good guys win? Wow. <laughs> Where a wolf is the star player? And, and, he, and he's not the wolf when he wins <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah big shocker so like when they're all celebrating uh and if you watch it there's a guy who's who's an extra you talk about being extras and how yeah. they're, yeah. they're kind of dicks this guy literally was he pulls his dick out and kind of has it just kind of hanging and no one no one picked it up see but i think that's weird too because it's like everyone from the stands rushes down to the the court you mm-hmm. know because we're carrying him on our shoulders and the whole thing yeah and you, you, they kind of you see the guy in the, in the background. But I, I mean, I was there, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, the guy doesn't have his dick out. He's probably <laughs> got his shirt tail like put through as a joke, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I really just because there's too many people like sitting there next to him. Someone, the whole time. someone would have looked down and went like, "Why is your dick out?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, that you know, the whole like dick out like as a joke, I don't think it really become popular until like 1996. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, well, let's just time. say he was an innovator. Yeah, I mean, he was an innovator. He, he was like the Dr. James Naismith 
yeah. of of pulling your dick out. I would have of liked. I, I, I wish, yeah. and, and I just heard about this like about two years ago. Oh no, so, kidding! Yeah, so I've never. Uh, I've I tried to watch it, and mm-hmm. I couldn't really. I you know it wasn't. You uh you you sure looked and played like a hooper. How much hoop experience did you have? Uh, uh, I played basketball, yeah. but but we all sucked. I mean, the only guy that was any good was the the guy that was in the wolf costume. Yeah, who that, that guy was? That guy was a, a loyal, a Marymount college player, and yeah. that guy could fuck it. He was doing some moves. <clears throat> fuck. Yeah, he was, but he didn't. But he had a mini trampoline, so he never really was going yeah, that. The edits know. are make me oh, laugh so just, hard because right. he literally jumps and then it cuts and like, I mean, you know, it's just he's it's, flying over the yeah, backboard. And you're yeah, like, all right, like, but yeah. they're but they're great. Like that's what you want. Like it's the. It's, I feel like it, you know, if um, like if we were to make a movie with Brad um, and he's dunking, <laughs> like they would be similar edits, pretty much. Although. I mean, I just, just, I, I just think you got a great idea. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you do it. I mean, if it's, Teen Wolf. I don't know if it's Teen Wolf. I, I mean, like a wolf's too Teen aggressive. Pup? Yeah, tiny, mighty tiny wolf. Yeah, yeah tiny like wolf. yeah, or maybe let's say of a wolf because like a wolf is a little too aggressive for yeah. a dwarf to play. Maybe maybe it's like like a really defensively minded pug. <laughs> you know, I like this. I like, I, I like where this is going. I can pull off a pug. And I like, I like, I like little, where this get is get the little makeup on, but that, then yeah, I I can still jump and dunk. Sure, it, it is kind of a, uh, a I think a dream of most um, you know actors who are big sports fans is to be in like a you know um, popular sports movie. See, and, and I hate basketball, so it's oh amazing. really? I hate. You basketball. would have loved if it was a golf movie, no, a hockey movie. <laughs> oh really? There I you love go. hockey, man. I there love you, hockey. you play all the time, don't you? With no, I don't Bill play. Burke, hockey. Yeah. I don't play hockey, but uh, no. but I love it. It's Why do you love thing. it? I've only seen it live it's four times. It's the greatest sport on earth. Well, I mean, I agree. It's the I'm greatest. A huge Ducks fan. I just yeah. watched the game before. Uh, yeah. I walked over yeah, here. You guys lost to the Habs tonight. We yeah, lost. We lost to the Wild. Welcome back to Who Gives a Shit? Hockey people give a shit. It's the greatest game. To watch to watch the game live is so. To watch the game live, yeah, I will it's, say it's is, one. It's the yeah. fastest moving sport. Second, it's one of the hardest hitting sports. And well, I mean, have you seen figure skating like yes. Tanya Harding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, it is a hard fucking hitting game. Yeah. And you got guys, and and you've been to a live game, so you've seen it. These guys are six three, six four. 235, 240 that can fucking skate. Yeah. They're, and you're watching move. the game, and you forget they're on ice. You know, yeah. it's like they're so fucking skilled, mm-hmm. and it's just I love the fucking game. It's it's way better than watching a bunch of guys fucking flop after a th- you know. Go well, also, fuck well, well, basketball has changed. I had this conversation a few days ago. It was like we were just talking about the glory days of like the mid '90s, even late '80s, and like yes. the the rivalries and the fights and the amount of physical play the refs let them get away with, and I and like. You know, maybe that's why. Like when the Pistons go into the stands to beat the fans. <laughs> I mean, I, where are those? Where are those games? I man? YouTube that fight once a year at least, just it's to remind myself best, about the good old days. Well, and that, and there's there's just the best moment ever of that uh, event where the guy chucks his drink yeah. at yeah. Ra- at Ron Artest. Ron Artest, by the way, who's trying to stay out of it, yeah. which is and crazy. And Ron Artest gets up and starts going in the stands, and the look on the guy's face of, oh fuck, they're real. He yeah. broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Well, because nobody. When somebody takes the shoe and starts hitting him with the shoe, that's like fantastic. So Jermaine O'Neal had like a, a running slot. Like at one point, there was a wide shot of mm-hmm. during the fight of like the whole court. Larry Brown had come out and been like, you guys, guys, stop it. 
Everybody stop fighting. This is horse shit. And then Jermaine O'Neal just does this running, sliding punch <laughs> on a fucking fan. Like, oh, Holy it was crap. unbelievable. See, and, like and a then Mortal Kombat move. And then how many, how many of those are there? Maybe three, four? There are websites that are dedicated to hockey fights. I mean, yeah. there's, there have been games, like, not just a few years ago. I think it was the Flyers and the, and the Rangers or Flyers and the Islanders. I can't remember. They drop the puck. In the minute they drop the puck, everyone drops their gloves, and they just all brawl yeah, in the middle of the there, there was that rivalry going on going throughout on. the year, and they so, were chirping the whole the whole week. They They're just great. they just battled. There's a fight every game. I mean, not oh, every game, but close. But but now, do you go? Is that part of the fun and going? Is the anticipation of like like the same way when I uh, as a Mariner fan, I would go to see the 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 Mariners play in the hopes of seeing Ken Griffey Jr. make a great catch or a home run. Was it like? Is that how it is for you guys? You're like, I hope we no. get to see. No, nah, I don't nah, think I somebody see. Knocked I, their teeth the, out. The rate the what what's great about hockey and fighting is that it keeps keeps everything in check. Mm-hmm. So you know, like you can get guys in football, or you can get guys in in basketball or baseball or whatever, and they can throw some dirty shit, and yeah. you got to just kind of fucking accept it. You just you know, or if if a fight does break out, they break it up immediately. Yeah. Whatever. In hockey, it's like you fuck somebody, you fuck with somebody, well, you get ready for somebody to come out of the fucking box and is going to fucking fight you, yeah. and, and they're not going to stop it until you fucking hit the ice. Yeah. So if you're not a tough badass motherfucker, you better not fucking and do something because somebody's coming after your ass and they will fucking take you out yeah that uh i uh, i played youth hockey for si- uh, for six years and <laughs> there was some sort of unwritten rule in our league like don't hit brad because we're not sure what's gonna happen <laughs> i don't know if you hit well, him and then he explodes in yeah, confetti yeah, like yeah. what happens when you hit brad also what happens to you like if yeah. you you know hit a dwarf on the ice like Oh, I mean, I'm, 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 luck? Yeah, I'm sure that's like the Stephen King novel <laughs> Thinner, where like some gypsy comes out and goes, you hit the dwarf, Thinner, and then like, you just die. So no one hit me. And then all of a sudden, this kid moved in and got on a team, and he's out there, and his dad's in the stands, and he's, I don't know if you wanted to impress his dad, so he just goes, well, I'm going to I'm gonna fucking take out the midget. He, he seems pretty easy to hit. So he comes in, he, and he leveled me. He got, a, he, he got me with a great shot. As soon as it happened, our coach looked at this kid named Mike Cassis, who at age 12 was it? Yeah, yeah, that guy. (laughs) Fucking beard. Fingering chicks on the bus. (laughs) You're like outside the bus in front of everybody. Yeah. He was that confident. Like like 25 year old guys are asking him to buy them beer. Like, like that's. Yeah, I know that kid. That's who Mike Cassis was. And And our coach just looked at Cassis and goes, You know what to do. Cassis jumps over the boards, and on the next shift, Knocked the guy, knocked the kid out, just yeah. straight up knocked him out, and the parents on the other team did not get upset. They're like, "Well, he did hit Brad. He did. He, hit, he, yeah, he, yeah. he did and hit Brad." Now that's my next question: Is that an assumed uh, part of the culture where people yeah. watch and go, "All right, tit for tat"? Because yeah, absolutely, even that's in youth they, hockey, because I've been on this kick of YouTubing uh, parent fights I, in the stands at. at I don't know about games. I don't, youth hockey. There's no youth hockey. There's not hitting and checking like there is in, yeah. in the NHL. But in in the NHL. Different than college, different than than even the amateur, even the like you know Olympic hockey and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. It's different. But NHL, get you know you're going to get fucking boarded. Are you, you taught to not hit until you make it pro? Is that kind of like uh, college? Like college, they do they they, yeah, they, they for- It's called forechecking, but and there there is, but it's not like it is in the NHL. Yeah. It's kind of like well, I, I would say it's kind of like uh, 
basketball, you're not taught to flop really until you get to the NBA because that <laughs> just, you're, it's just disgusting. Yeah. It's just <laughs> awful. You're European. It's you're like taught so- to flop as a baby. It's like soccer or football for you, <laughs> your European pieces of shit. <laughs> you know? But it's like, I mean, they basically, you know, air goes by them and they fall on the fucking ground. Yeah. And it's just like, I, and, and some, hockey, I they have a that. penalty for that. Yeah. yeah, they have a penalty if for being you, a pussy. For being a pussy. <laughs> so, are you a pussy if you walk out of the game with all your teeth? Are people like, look at that guy with his great smile? Yeah. You- well, and, and, and they call it the ref goes to the center of the yeah. ice and he, he he puts two fingers around his mouth and he goes two minutes for being a pussy. No, yeah. and, does he really? They call it embellishment. But yeah, they, he does that and he kind of sticks his tongue out of him and goes, oh, 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 oh. fucking fa- fa- fucking faggot, get in the fucking box. You man. know what I love about uh, Court? You're your just point of view in your stand up is like the the likable like I don't even want to call it anger but the stance you take when you get really pumped about something because I feel like like when I uh, first started seeing you too and I uh, and I was you know guys like god I need like an emotional connection when I'm talking about it because it's just way more and you always have had that and it's like it's way more engaging for the audience a and then you can uh, sense that you actually really give a fuck about what you're talking about, which makes me care more. Like when you're talking about on your uh, uh, Axis uh, Live at Gotham thing about using uh, as a kid, um, used to play with um, what kind of, uh, some yard darts. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Which by the way, I never even I didn't even know that was you something. Do you know what you, you ever seen yard darts? No, they'll fucking st- they'll kill you. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're a dart with a metal like they have a oh, steel okay. tip. Yeah, they have a steel. They weigh twenty five pounds a piece. What are they used for? throwing at each you, other what you what you basically do is is you you have these yard you have yard darts you have red ones and green ones or blue ones or whatever they are and they're they're they have huge plastic you know fins on them then they have these huge steel tips and then there's a handle and they literally are steel all the way through jesus and my brother and i we used to sharpen the tips on the driveway <laughs> of course before we would. played because you know we're fucking from oklahoma and <laughs> And you're supposed to like have like little rings, and you put them in the yard. But we fuck the rings, man. We would just you just hurl them in the fucking air, and they literally. I mean, I had I have a buddy who's missing toes, who literally <laughs> it, it will literally go through your foot. Yeah, I mean they are so heavy, and they just. When right they di- the when they dive bomb, they come with a lot oh, of force. Can, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, like you said, they come with these little targets, and you're supposed to set the target. Like, yeah. it, it's supposed to be like the game cornhole, where you, you, you like set the target Wait, down. You what hit, game? Uh, well, that's something I played in college, but we don't like to talk about that. Uh, so, like, <laughs> everybody played that. In college. <laughs> Everyone had a college experience. Yeah, yes. we all had a phase. <laughs> yeah, so like you set the target out, and you're supposed to chuck yeah. the dart into the target, but no one used the targets. You just got like a bunch of kids together. The strongest kid, Mike Cassis. He yeah. would just come in and chuck the dart up in the air, and everyone was like, get out of the yeah, way! Get out of the way. And you never know where it goes, but it would yeah. come down hard. Yeah. And no parent or, um, you know. This was the fucking 70s, man. We played with shit like that. <laughs> I mean, we you had. to said that more like a 70s. This is the 70s, man. Yeah. We were fucking each other up with darts. Yeah. Dude, we used to, we used to have a bottle rocket fights and shit. I mean, you used to have, like, fireworks were legal in the city. You know, we used to have these things. I mean, back then you had erector sets, like these chemical sets that actually had uranium, real uranium what? in it. Yeah, they, they, if you look Kid, it up, kids were nuclear. Kids were fuck. <laughs> back in the day, we used to buy these like fucking these scientific like little sets you would buy at the fucking toy store. You know, and they actually had real uranium in them. I mean, it so was like got remote controlled cars, Playmobil, yeah, Legos, yeah, and a yeah, fucking yeah, missile or yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. chemical warfare. Exactly. 
I mean, used to. I mean, it was like everybody's such a pussy now. Yeah. I mean, kids today, it's like they grow up. They're just little fucking pussies. Because yeah. you did all that, and I mean, I mean, you survived. Like I survived. What do you a, think? A lot of people didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> a lot of people but, lost their toes. But, but, but that's they weren't okay. supposed to. But that's okay. That's <laughs> why we journey. weren't overpopulated back then. <laughs> that's why we didn't have seven billion people on the yeah, planet. Yeah. Because some people got killed off by a lawn dart. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think you gained from that type of experience that kids nowadays with the PC programming and PC uh, just parenting? I think, I think taking care of yourself. I think I think kids today. I, I think a lot of kids today. It's they have a difficult time uh, being street smart. Taking. I've been on my own since I was sixteen. You know. Whoa. You know. And and it's not not for lack of love for my parents. It's just that I've been on my own. I graduated high school early. I went to college. You know. And and I I just you know it was like. Today, you couldn't put a 16-year-old in a fucking apartment by themselves and, yeah. you know, I mean, yes, I did develop a very bad drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> in, the but, words of the but, great, in the words of the great Rick James, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I mean, but I'm saying, but these days, it's like, you, it's just, I mean. But even that, like, you know, you went through that and got yeah, that out yeah, of your I system. Got, yeah, and it only took about 30 years, but that's okay. <laughs> well, hey, it, for some it, people, it takes longer. It just seems and i'm seeing this now and i'm adam i'm sure you're seeing it with your uh nieces and i'm seeing it with with my nephew and their and their and his play dates and uh my sister and her husband are great they're like they're toughening him up yeah but all the other kids are just like when they fall it's just everyone just runs around and coddles and and there's so many and like they're running around the house like putting pads on like on the sides of couches like well that's a little bit too hard so let's put a pad on that and you're just like life like this does not happen throughout their entire lives you have no like, you have you, to let them go yeah yeah you, you have to let them get fucked up a little bit because that's how they learn my nephew got sent home from daycare he's uh, almost two sent home in daycare twice in one week for biting kids hey, well now that's a that's, real that's that's not cool <laughs> that's a part of being a kid also the kid, fucking one of the kids probably liked it you sick fucking two-year-old <laughs> You know, but it's it's weird though because I got two nephews. My brother was in the military, mm-hmm. so my brother was in the Air Force for you know twenty eight years. Wow. There you go. And uh, and his kids, man, they're they're cool as shit. And yeah. and it's like, yeah, they're 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 like they're not tough necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're tough kids, but I'm yeah. saying they're not like toughened out. But at the same time, they have a lot of respect. Yeah, there's a lot of respect, yeah. and that you can know? be you can replace uh, toughness with respect. Yeah, I mean, if you res- I mean, they are respectful motherfuckers, and it's like. Um, you know, you don't see that today. You see kids walking around fucking flailing shit and just... they, they well, because they have access. Now, the, the fact that they can have phones or even just the internet yeah. is, is, is making them almost on our level because it's like, you should be able to not have access to that info yet. And now, yeah, I, now yeah, they're I almost mean, like, oh, really? You can Google that? I can Google that too. Yeah, oh, I mean, like, you, see, you see kids like six and seven years old with like iPhones and iPads. And I'd say this even, I say, I mean, for my seventh birthday, I got a box. You know, <laughs> there wasn't fucking anything in it. I just got a box. But you, you probably know? filled it with drugs. But you, yeah, you filled it. But you made forts and you made yes. tanks and you did stuff. Kids today don't do that. They I, don't fucking know if they can't if they can't look it up or, or it's not a fucking video game. Here's a here's a survey which I think kind of summarizes the point. And this is a real survey that just came out. Almost forty percent of millennials—that's kids yeah. these days. Almost forty percent of millennials. <laughs> Uh, said that cereal was an inconvenient breakfast choice because they have to clean up after eating it. What? Are you 
fucking kidding They're me. They're denying themselves cookie crisp? Kids, because kids, why don't you play this game? Go yeah. outside and play hide and go fuck yourself. <laughs> You know, because that is just that is bullshit. Cereal just, is too hard to eat. Fuck you. It's cereal. It's the easiest thing in the world to eat. That's what we used to. That's my mom. We'd wake up in the morning before school. She didn't make us eat breakfast. No. She's like, "Do you want something to eat? There's cereal yes. in there. Go eat some fucking Go cereal. That's yeah, all not, we had. Now kids are like, "Mom, I want pancakes. Like, where, how come there's pancakes. no pancakes? Pancakes. I've been up at five. My mom's hungover. She's not making pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Pan- uh, pancakes for us was what, what was Sunday, maybe once a month, <laughs> maybe." Lucky bastard! I know, right? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good childhood, yeah, huh? That's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. So you're when you started to, uh, <clears throat> where did you develop the the comedy bug? Were your folks uh, funny? Your brother, like, not at all, man. I did. Um, I used to do theater in in, in high in junior high and high school. We yeah. had a, we had a theater class, which was really cool in Oklahoma. Believe it or not, yeah. Mm-hmm. This woman who actually had been in in California and been an actor actress in like the 50s and 60s. And she was this older lady named Mrs. Widener. I'll never forget her, man. And we used to do these huge like summer theater programs where it was like all summer where you built the sets, you did the whole thing, and we did like three weeks of shows. It was like a big deal. Yeah. And I was really into that. And then... um and then I did, you know, and then I got into other stuff. And then, but like, um, who comedy? Like, I mean, was... I started doing stand up after I got sober. And I was, I got started doing stand up in 2001, 2002. Wow. So I didn't start until, I mean, I had an acting, somewhat of an acting career for a long time before I ever did stand up. Always gotcha. wanted to do stand up. Okay. Yeah. But never had the balls or, uh, you know, just never did you it. saw this comedy boom that was happening. No, I had no, no. I know, no, had nothing to do. It, I had, you weren't in that not, world. I wasn't in any of that stuff. I, I was a huge like I knew Pryor my whole life. I'd listened to Pryor. I could, I could still almost fucking quote you word for word the uh, the album Bicentennial. Yeah, wow. and, and uh, but I can't. What was that uh, second word? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but like, then, you can't even say that word anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, you could when you were throwing that darts was the at each name, other. That was the name of the album. Right. The al- right name yeah. of the album yeah. is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. This N-word's crazy. Yeah. Well, no, that's one of them. But yeah. there was Bicentennial, and, and it was like he used yeah. to, it was like there's the greatest there's one of the cuts on there, one of his bits on there, mm-hmm. is where he's a preacher and he's like, we are gathered here today to celebrate 200 years of white folks kicking ass. You know? And he's like, how long? And the church, the choir goes, how long? He's like, how long? So how long? So brilliant. How long will this bullshit go on? <laughs> and it's like, it's just the greatest, you know, yeah. I can still quote it. I mean, yeah. I can still memorize. I mean, that must, I, yeah. I loved Pryor. That must love prior bananas for you then. I mean, when you got past the store, right? I mean, that must have been a surreal that was, moment. That was a surreal moment for me because I'd known Polly for twenty years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known Polly forever. I knew Polly before MTV, before he was the Weez. No way. Yeah, I've known Polly forever. But from, you, yeah, because you weren't doing stand up, but just no, I was doing acting. And one yeah. of my my next door neighbor was a, a guy named Donovan Leach, and Donovan is the son of the singer Donovan. And him and Polly went to high school in junior high together. Wow. So they were they were really close friends. So okay. Polly and Donovan would hang out all the time. Gotcha. So I'd hang out with Polly, and we knew each other, and he was a nice guy. Yeah. And um and and we used to and then I like I went to the comedy store main room for the MTV launch of of Paulie Shore's show. Wow. So years later, um, 
you know, I, I a friend of mine recommended a class. I went to an, a stand up class uh, with Adam Barnhart, who I fucking love. You know, he's the only guy I think can actually teach stand up. If if there's anybody, I yeah, think there's can a do lot it. out there trying to do it, and yeah. it's just like you're just taking advantage of these young yeah. kids. And yeah. but yeah, but I used to do, and then I went, and then you perform on Sunday night at the in the belly room. And so I, you know, I started doing that. Then I got to be part of his group. So I started, I do, would do every Sunday night at the belly room. Then I did the open mics and, you know, around town and, and all that stuff. And then, you know, Duncan was, you know, the guy back then, Duncan Trussell yeah. was, you know, back there before Tommy mm-hmm. and Mitzi was around. Mitzi was there every Sunday and Monday night. What was that like? Just being in her presence? Uh, she scared the shit out of everybody. Yeah. She yeah. just terrified everybody. Well, cause there's a woman that could literally make or break your career. Absolutely. You know? And, and, you know, back then it was like, you know, Mitzi was still there. I mean, she was mm-hmm. all there. And, you know, and she would come mentally. in, she, she, oh, mentally yeah. and physically. I mean, yeah. physically she had some pains, but she was still there. I mean, mm-hmm. she would walk, I mean, it, there wasn't any help walking her in. She walked in on her own. She pissed every, you know, pissed everybody off, <laughs> fired people left and right and, mm-hmm. you know, constantly. And then, um, and you would showcase for her on a Sunday or Monday. And I, I remember Duncan got me in for a showcase and, and I, you know, she just didn't, she, she would sit there with her little popcorn and your name would be on it. And as you would walk by, she would just have your name crossed off. And so you're just like, all right, I got to wait six more months. And so, so I, I think I was my third showcase Mm -hmm. and Luca Polanka, you know, Luca, Luca was there. And the problem it was, is I was getting where I was. Okay. I still was not a good comic. Let's be honest. I was not a good, how many years in? Like three years in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was not a good comic. Very few but, are. But time. Mitzi would, what the thing about Mitzi, what she would do is, is she would see you and it was like she would see if you had something that you could develop. Mm-hmm. And then that's why she would pass you. She wouldn't pass you necessarily if you were a great comic. Because she's like, we got enough great comics, although we didn't at the time. But, um, you know, she would, she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't just pass you. So, uh, but a lot of comics, when Mitzi would be there, people would come and they'd get in her ear during the the showcases, yeah. and which would kind of because they didn't want anybody else, you know, right? Yeah, want it passed, yeah. And so Luca was there, and Luca sat next to her, and he goes, "I'll keep everybody off her so she can watch you." And I and I had a I had a not a very good set, but I had a mm-hmm. decent set because you're paranoid. And this is back when there's like twelve people in the OR. Yeah, there's twelve people, audience maybe, members, audience members in the OR. But do you still have this like mentality? Just I mean, just the way that like people were no, getting terrified doing the Tonight Show and getting deal so you're almost thinking like hey if mitzi passes me that could lead to something well no because even then it wasn't like you know there were already like it was already passed like where i mean carson was gone yeah okay you know there was no you know it was no big deal i mean it was a big deal but i'm just saying um and then she came and i walked by and she goes you want some spots and i was like and i literally high five my way through the fucking hallway it was the greatest (laughs) feeling holy shit you you that day you were Teen Wolf. Yes, I was Teen Wolf. <laughs> and then the funny thing was is you'd get passed and then you call in the next day for yeah. spots. Yeah. And then she'd give you like a nine o'clock spot on like a Wednesday, an mm-hmm. opening spot on a Wednesday for seven people. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't get a spot for like three months. Wow. <laughs> because she wanted to see if you wanted it. But now you could come in and perform on Sunday and Monday in the potluck. Yep. But back then Mitzi was there. So anybody who was a, a paid regular would not go up. Gotcha. They wouldn't mm-hmm. want to go up. So you could get up every Sunday, every Monday, no problem. You could just walk up at 10 yeah. o'clock. It changed over. There was no long list of friends and family and all this shit. And it was like you literally would walk in. 
boom. You'd yeah. go right up. And uh, what right. were those lineups like? I mean, was there a, a night no, that you had? Don't, let's don't. You know, it was. <laughs> I mean, they, well, I mean, they, was there a night? I mean, like, I, I mean, like uh, uh, Robin Williams or somebody popping in that you were on the same show with for the first time that you were like, oh wow, like this really is. I guess it was probably I'd been around about seven years, maybe seven, seven or eight years. And one night I had a late spot. I think it was like a Thursday or Friday night. And I had like a 12.15 spot. No, I had like an 11.30 spot. Mm. And, um, Which is prime. And it, but Chris Rock had popped in. And yeah. somebody else, and I want to say it was Chappelle or Rock or somebody like that had popped yeah. in. So it was two huge fucking names had come in. And so it's like 12.45. <laughs> and Whitney Cummings is on stage. And I'm just like, finally, I'm fucking after Whitney. I'm like, it's like 12.45. And all of a sudden, the rooms, you know, it, it emptied out, and all of a sudden, the room starts filling up. There's people just gathering in, and it's just filling and filling and filling. And I look to my right, and there's Robin Williams. Oh. And so, and it's like, so Whitney brings up Robin Williams, and Robin, and the room is packed now, right? You know, and um, and I'm just like thinking, oh fuck, <laughs> now I got to follow Robin Williams. But I feel, yeah. you know, whatever. So I mean, I didn't get at that point. I was so. Like, I just want to get the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so Robin get up. He did about a half hour, yeah. and, which was great. He was there to make an amends for he had just gotten out of rehab again. And so mm. he's making an amends to the comedy store because he had done a benefit when they needed a new roof. And he was just hammered. <laughs> and he didn't. And he didn't. I don't know that he what happened, but he was there sure. to, you know, to make an amends. And then he gets off, brings, you know, they bring me up. He doesn't know who they don't ask him to bring somebody up right. so he just gets off oh. and i get up and people start getting ready to walk, get up and i go hey 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 sit the fuck down cosby's in the parking lot yeah. you know? <laughs> and it Wait, was good yeah which works even double nowadays because now you wouldn't want to go in the parking lot you're like exactly. oh shit exactly oh that's yeah. scary yeah exactly. that's not good <laughs> but it was it was one of the best sets i've ever had in there it was fan- it was fucking fantastic well of course because the, the crowd's already amped they're amped they're See, pumped everybody always says i i would hate to follow so and so i would hate to follow that no. person no you want to follow somebody great you ride yes. the wave you want to be because it doesn't matter you're not going to be I mean, is it hard to follow Bill Burr? Fuck yes, it is. Sure. Is it difficult as shit to follow Bill, you know, somebody like that? Yes. Is it hard to follow Brad Williams? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to follow Adam? Yes, it is. But I would rather follow a great comic than someone goes up and eats shit and you have to bring the room back up. You know, yeah, you gotta I remember, bring them back to life. Yeah, it's I mean, awful. Tommy, man, when Tommy was the fuck, he, I used to have to do the main room, and I used to have to follow Barry Diamond, and Barry Diamond would be on stage singing with a dog, and the dog would be heckling him because the dog would be barking at him, and the crowd would just be like ready to shoot themselves, and 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 I'd walk off, and I would bring the crowd back, and and you know, I'd come off, and I go, Tommy, seriously, yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and he goes, Well, we really need someone to. Bring Bring it back after Barry. And I'm like, why the fuck do you have Barry? You know, it's like, why do we have to bring it down? Yeah. Why do we can't we just leave can't it up? I, why yeah. can't I bring it more up? Yeah. 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 It's like you look at the lineups now at the comedy store. They're Unreal. solid top to bottom. There's, they're ridiculous. They're really, they're, they're really, awesome. you know, they're, they're good. Adam's but, doing great stuff over there. Adam's doing a great job. Adam, yeah. you know, I mean, he's fucking me over left and right, but it's still, <laughs> he's doing a great job. I'm on at 1230 tonight, by the way, if this is up. There you go. After uh, well, like 94 other people. But. Well, like, uh, one th- and, and then, one thing that I love that I've always loved about you, Court, is is you you've never held back. 
back with whatever you were thinking, rather be try not to. Yeah, and that's and that, that's one of the reasons why people should check out your podcast uh, that you do with the uh, Joe, Joe Bartner, Joe Bartnick, uh, insensitivity training, like. And that's what it is. Like, I love that you guys say it in the title. Yeah. Like, hey, don't come listen to this podcast no. if you're going to be offended by no. like the basic shit. Because you guys get that, into it. Has that stem just that mentality is that, and that uh, outlook? Is that just stem from? I mean, uh, always as a kid, like being like, I'm not going to be PC or not sh- say what well, I think. You know, I mean, that's not necessarily true. I mean, I, I do a show with Pat O'Brien. Yeah. You know, Pat O'Brien and I do a show together. Pat O'Brien. Pat O'Brien Wait. is the fucking the, greatest. The Pat O'Brien, good friend of mine. He's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I the, love him. He's the man. He's he the narrated. Fucking... Brad and I went to Cabo, um, yes, and uh, uh, by wow, ourselves. that's so gay. <laughs> I mean, no, no. What, no the, concept, hey, girls the, there. the concept wasn't gay. What we did in the hotel. <laughs> that, that was, was that gay. Was gay. Yeah, the couple's be... massage on the beach at 10 a.m. Yeah, that well, Let's gay. be very clear. <laughs> yes. That was gay. Yes. The, the inserting things inside of each other. That uh, was that gay. That part. But, Not yeah, going but, but the intent wasn't. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't turn down a dare. Uh, <laughs> no, but he lost a limbo competition the first night we were there. And so anyway, we videotaped it. I'll send you the video. But we went on Jay Moore's um, um, uh, sports show, and Pat O'Brien was in the thing, and we showed him a clip, and had Pat O'Brien commentate over the whole video of Brad oh, losing the book competition. That's so good. And he was, I mean, he's so, like, because he just immerses himself in that world. He's, like, watching, and, he, and he's, like, going, well, I haven't seen a dwarf lose a limbo competition <laughs> since the world-famous stint in 87. I, I was there. Irvin Magic Johnson was my co-host. Irvin Magic Johnson, good friend of mine. And, like, <laughs> and, and you know what's funny is, like, I, I said I said him, I go, we need a fucking vacuum cleaner to clean up all the fucking names you drop you know, in a fucking conversation. How did you get involved with him? We've been buddies for a while, and he started this show, and it's called Everything All the Time, and we do, mm-hmm. it's a live show we do on Tuesdays, and... Um, Where at? Well, we're, we're moving, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of in between, we're doing it on, you can see it on my Facebook or on Pat's Facebook page. Cool. It's the, the link is up there. I don't even know what the fuck it's on, yeah. but we're going to move. We're, we're, we're kind of in the process of moving to this company called tune in, you know, which is this yeah. Yeah. tune in t- premium tune in. So we're going to yeah. do some stuff with tune in and, um, but, but Pat is so, but we are a little more, we're a little more PC. Yeah, I'm a little sure. more, I'm not, you know, as insensitive, but but it's just it's hard not to be it's hard it's hard not to say what you think in, in any in any circumstance i mean it's just like like today we're talking about the ncaa we're talking about the the brackets and it's like and i don't give a fuck you know but that's the subject so we, you know we got to come out you know so you got to talk about that do i really want to say that you know if these guys weren't playing basketball they'd be stealing people's purses yes that's what i really want to say <laughs> You know, um, you know, and 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 is the NBA just full of criminals? Yes. Is that is that what I think? Yes. But um, you know, I mean, but, but I can't. It's, yeah, it's Pat. And it's so Pat. You, you, you so kind of do it out of respect. For I do him. it out of respect for Pat. Yeah. You know, and and it's like, but that's the thing is, I'm I'm never I'm never disrespectful to people. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and in a sense that. You know, if you're respectful to me, I'm respectful to you. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty nice person. You are for the most part. You are. You know, I'm not an I'm not a dick to people. There's very few people I hate. Um, you know, there's That's good. There's very very few. Well, you know? and and that helped contribute to the fact that uh, when, when you were doing Playboy comedy in Vegas, that yeah. that was the best comedy show yeah. in Vegas. Talk about funnest. being a nice guy. You created a a a road gig for people that was like. The most fun ever. It was the and greatest road gig. It was the greatest gig ever. It was. How did that? If for people who don't know, it was at the Palms Casino. Yeah. Uh, which was, I mean, Playboy's. 
It was well. What happened was, is I started a show. I started a show at the Palms Casino. I called it the Hollywood Comedy Tour, and um, with a buddy of mine, Paul Hughes, we did the show together. And we we used to do a show called PCP Comedy yeah. at the Comedy Store, mm-hmm. and then we turned it into rock comedy. And it was like, and we had Jay Davis and Josh Nasser were involved, and you know, it was this really great thing. But what I did was back then is I got step and repeats. I got sponsors. I got, I was the first one that started doing this. And I had, I had like Billy Morrison playing guitar instead of a DJ. I had wow. Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Wow. You know, I had these guys. So we started that out. And then I talked George Maloof from the Palms into coming out to a show. And the show was Harlan Williams, Dane Cook, Sarah Silverman. You know, it was in the Jeez, main room. So it was could like... Have had some good people for him. Yeah. Jesus. How did you get them? To, you just basically said, hey, Well, go. I paid everybody. Yeah. I yeah. paid everybody like yeah. 500 I mean, I wasn't paying them like 50 bucks. I was paying people like 500 bucks yeah. for an in-town gig, mm-hmm. you know? And we would do these shows. And, and so Maloof came to a show, and he's like, come to the Palms. Do this at the Palms. So we started this show at the Palms. We did it for about a year and a half, two years. And I became really tight with Michael Morton, who who owned all the nightclubs. He owned the Ghost Bar yep. and Rain and you know Nine Steakhouse and all this stuff. And he told me, he goes, we're building a, a Playboy Club. And I was like, what? And he goes, we're building a Playboy Club. And for you know your listeners that don't know, Playboy Clubs were the original comedy clubs yeah. in yeah. this country before the Comedy Store, before the Improv. Improv. Yeah, that's where guys like Dick Gregory and fucking George Lake Carlin. Bruce, I mean, yeah. everybody. That's where they performed. Right, you know? right, right. And so I was like, I got this great idea. And so I talked to Michael and I go, you've got to get me in touch with the guy that runs Playboy Entertainment. So we went to Hef's uh, 80th birthday party at the mansion. What? Which was fucking awesome. <laughs> Best party ever? Best party ever. Holy oh, shit. Can we, just, party. can we just go on a little tangential run here and just... I got my dick sucked by the monkey cages. That's how fucking great <laughs> How many times in life can you say that? Yeah, I got my dick sucked by the monkey Wait, cages. Now, was that was that a band from Australia? Who was the mo- who were the monkey cages? Yes, they, yeah. well, there's these like animal cages yeah. down there. So, yeah. yeah, it was holy fantastic. shit. Wait, yeah. uh, real quick, who's at that party? Everybody, everybody, everybody yeah. is at that fucking. So you party. Got your I mean, it's John Elway. Yeah, John Elway yeah. is there. I mean, oh, it's man. like, oh it's man, fucking, he's my hero. Yeah, what was he doing? It's everybody was he doing hero he, stuff? He's like limping in pajamas. You know, that's what he's fucking doing. <laughs> Which is the name of his solo album. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, everybody's there. And I mean, it, those parties. I had one opportunity to go to the Playboy Mansion, do the Midsummer Night's Dream party when my uh, buddy was dating Sarah Jean Underwood, the 2007 Playmate of the Year. Yeah, he invited me to go as his plus one with them. I was dating a girl in Seattle at the time who. Gave me a hard time about it. And I literally... She, she should have. She was like, <laughs> yeah, but I was so like... I, she's like, why do you want to go? I go, babe, I'm not going to do anything. Be- like, I'm just not. Like, I, I go, but I want to go. She goes, why do you want to go so bad? I go, do you remember when you were a kid and you heard about Disneyland? Yeah. And you always wanted to go. And you're like, what, the teacups? You get to meet Mickey? I want to meet Mickey. And I bet she's got great tits. And I like, I want to... Like, <laughs> I just want to see it live. this is Disneyland and you get to fuck Mickey. <laughs> you know? <laughs> This is Disneyland, and you get and Mickey will suck your dick. It's called a, it's called a Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. You know, not now. It's not now. Of course. Now, now they're out of money. It's right. not. But there but was you a still time. Went, yeah. But there was a time when the Playboy Mansion parties were. 
um, you know, it was it was half invited people. You had to be on the guest list. Mm-hmm. There was no plus ones. You know, it wasn't. I mean, you, you had to be on the guest. So that list. so it was a very tight. Yeah, very tight. Girls couldn't bring their boyfriends. Playmates didn't bring their boyfriends. You know, you had to go there. And the thing that was cool about it was, if you made the guest list, you kind of got this check by your name. Because there's like 1,500 girls, yeah. and there's like 500 guys. Oh, my God. And, and so the deal is it's like, you know, if you're there, you were invited by half, or you were invited pretty much by half. You had to be approved by half. Everyone yeah. had to. Yeah. And, I mean, it was a tough – I mean, even when I did Playboy Radio, it was a tough – like, we still had to get – like, I mean, I would go interview half once a fucking week, what? and still – you know, I had to get passed by half. So what, what was his approval system like? He had to like... Well, let, it was just... Knew, similar yeah. interest? Well, no, it was kind of one of these deals Play where... Play hot cross like, bones on the clarinet. Well, <laughs> you know, he would literally go... I mean, I can't remember the, the woman's name that was the assistant forever and ever and ever. I can't oh, remember her name. Yeah, I know. You know talking what I'm talking about. The older lady yeah, 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 there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she... And literally, she would go to half and she would have... this. We've got court from uh, Playboy Radio. He's like, and have it be like, yeah, you know what? I like that guy. Go ahead, let's let let him let him come in, you know. And then there were other people that he would that worked for Playboy mm-hmm. that he would go, nah, no, nah, no, nah, don't want him here. Too creepy, you know. And uh, he's the gatekeeper. He's the fucking gatekeeper. So you gave, yeah. I mean, you 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 developed a rapport with him. I developed rapport. Yeah. Well, because we, st- <laughs> me and your your old your old co-host Kevin you know, Klein, Kevin Klein, we used yeah. to interview. We used to go and interview half. And we had to do it at a certain time. You know, had to do it like twelve thirty, one o'clock, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right after he woke up, he'd come down in his pajamas. We'd go in his library, in his little office, whatever. And we'd do these things. It's called a fuck studio, by the yeah. way. It's not an office. <laughs> and uh, and I, I would always, I would always go take a shit in his in his like bathroom, just because I was <laughs> nice. Was it? Yeah, it was nice, man. <laughs> but I would, I would, oh, for some reason, I would always just go. I'm gonna go take a shit now, just because I, I can. And uh, hey, you know what? If I ever go to the White House, what do you think I'm doing? I'm taking a shit. <laughs> I'm taking yeah. a shit. No, no, that must have been a new experience to do it outside of your pants. Yeah, it was. It was. And uh, and we'd go there, and it's like, and you'd start talking to half an after about like thirty minutes, his denture cream would start like loosening, and he would start chomping, and that's when he kind of knew the interview. <laughs> His fucking, you know, you know, his teeth would start dropping, and you kind of like, oh fuck, here we go. Oh my god! I think that's why he only really comes downstairs for short periods of time because I think I just don't the teeth teeth don't stick at these at these parties though. He was showing face. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. he'd come down, man. I mean, I know. I mean, I used to hang out with a girl who was his girlfriend for for a period of time after you know one of the girls left, and it was like, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's still, you know, still got his dick sucked. Would he he's ever bang? Would he ever do anything as the host? Would he ever show up and be like, you know, like time to take this party up a notch? Like, and either like play a cool guitar solo or just be, like, <laughs> fuck somebody on the roof and let everybody watch and go, this is my house, motherfucker. I would have loved to have been around in the like '60s when he was probably like that. When he was probably yeah. like, you know, most probably the most is. Yeah, you probably walk in and he's just like, <laughs> let's yeah. get this shit going. <laughs> Everybody do a gummer. Let's go. I'm going to ride a, miter- a motorcycle yeah. through the kitchen. But he, you know, but he was, you know, he was in even up until the like I think mid late 90s. He was still like he was into ecstasy and he was into that shit, oh, you know. So great. Um but, I love hearing that. But it was like I think around 81, I mean when he turned like 81, 82, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I think he cuz he'd had a heart attack. He had a, I think he'd had two heart attacks at that point. Yeah. And, and I mean it, if if you start slowing down it 82 
God bless you. Yeah, God, God well, I mean, he's, his slowing down right now. Yeah. I mean, even at 84, or 85, whatever, 86, whatever he is, he's still finger banging Crystal <laughs> Hefner, yeah. who is hot as shit. <laughs> and if at 86 I can just finger bang her, <laughs> I'll die a happy man. <laughs> I mean, she's smoking hot. Yeah. I don't care for what if she, I, I mean, God bless her. You know she's there for the money. Sure. Well, who gives a shit? Who cares, no, she, no, he's, no, she's there because she's there for the right reason. Court. Yes, she <laughs> loves him. She loves his <laughs> cuticles fingering her as she lays there tr- just dreaming of some basketball player who stole her purse last week. Ties it all together. Uh, so the, so when you start, so Maloof says yes, do the show at, at Palms. Yeah. And then just get on. Well, we did a couple years. And then after a couple years, I found out they're doing Playboy Club. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I met the guy at the Playboy Mansion. I said, I have a, an idea I'd like to talk to you about. It. He goes, come in the office on Monday. I'd love to talk to you. I went and I pitched him this idea as Playboy Comedy. I said, you guys, have, you guys, this is where it started. You know, I said, we should have a show. We'll bring the new Playmate out every month. She'll do our show. We'll introduce her. She'll sign some, you know, magazines. Yeah. You know, we'll do signings at the Palms, and then she, we'll do a, you know, then she can go up to the Playboy Club and, you know, be the guest of the evening, whatever. And this guy's like, I fucking love this. And we had a three-piece jazz band. Yeah, you know, it was we classy. A, yeah, we had a classy thing, and and so uh, they're like, we fucking love it. And the Palms loved it, you know. And it fit I, their vibe, too. You know, yeah, like that was the, the yeah. cool... Like, the, but, I mean, you got to look at who we had. You know, you look at the comics we had. I mean, we had Jim Norton. We had Brad Williams was yeah, a regular. Bobby you know, Lee. You came, you know. we yeah, had, you got, I, I mean, dude, that was... When you got me in there, I was... Because I had known about it. So, it's like, when I finally got to call my dude, that was like... The same way you, like, getting past the store and having Mitzi, like, that to me was like a right of Like, I was like, oh, man, I'm fucking, I must be getting better, you know? Because- it was so fun to, I always used guys from, I always used the, as many guys as my friends as I could, as yeah. much as I could, you know? And it just, you know, and I paid people, yep. I yes, fucking gave did. them a room, yes, I gave them did. airfare. And it was a road gig, and it's like, at that point, especially for me, it was like, I just started to kind of do some stuff with Bobby, and yeah. I, but I hadn't really... So you need that experience, like to oh. just. And for those who aren't comics, here's what comedy is like when you do a gig in Vegas. If you're not David Spade, just doing a one nighter, you go to a club. You're doing two shows a night every night oh, for an entire week, yeah. seven and ten or something like that. So you don't really have time to go to a nice dinner. You don't have time to see any other shows. Yeah, yeah. you you're, can't see Celine Dion. You have to YouTube it. Yeah, you're not doing anything else. And then for food, they just get they just. Give you a pass to go to the employee cafeteria, which Ugh. is like basically, which like is like sucking dog on your food. dog's anus. It should, it's it should awful. be called. Here's where you get diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. Like gigs in Vegas, Sal Manila's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you get excited because you're like, I'm going to Vegas doing yeah. gigs, and then after day three, you're like, kill me. Yeah. Your gigs were one were one show Thursday. Yeah, one, one show Friday. No, we did two Friday, two Friday and two. We did five shows: one oh, Thursday, yeah. two Friday, two, two Saturday. Two, yeah, two Friday, two Saturday, and then like, but it was so like okay, three days in Vegas, perfect, perfect. Yeah. I don't want to be and, Vegas. And not only that, after you that. got a table. You got a table up at the Playboy yes, Club, dude. You yep. got you know we, we used to the have, pool was awesome. The pool was great. You yeah. got you got the run of the fucking casino, it was, and, yeah. and it was so fun. And it, you know, and we had playmates. You know, we had playmates all the time, which and, was that's the first time I met a playmate. Oh, yeah, I, I I got some pictures that uh, are amazing, uh, which I hope I don't ever get hacked. Uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you, I'm you, trying you, to think some of the playmates you were with. Uh, uh, Claire Sinclair. 
Oh, fuck yeah. Claire Sinclair, who was Playmate of the Year, who is now a uh, pinup. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's like one of the pinup girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Her, uh, her and I are still close. So it, it's awesome. Like, yeah. she's she was great met her there there was a there's there there a few others uh that were just and when, the one thing i love is that you and paul did it right with the playmate where you just kind of had her up yesterday a few questions and then get her the get the comments yeah. on it was perfect because than a bag of hammers <laughs> you know fucking morons not all of them not all yeah. most of them most did of you them. ever let any of them try comedy or do they ever ask her uh no, Definitely. no. <laughs> we had um <laughs> we used to do Playboy comedy at the Brea Improv. Yeah, yeah. And we did that. You did that quite yeah. a few. Yeah, you, yeah, did, yeah. you guys yeah. did both. Well, a couple did. times. Uh, but we did Brea Improv and Irvine Improv, and we had one playmate who's who unfortunately has passed away. But she she used to get so fucked up, and mm-hmm. she would she would go on stage, and we couldn't get her off stage. Oh. And it was like, oh, we had to just get her the fuck out of there. And it was like so bad. Yeah. But um, no, we wouldn't really. You you didn't want them to do anything. They would always say some, you know, kind of some little, you know, Paul would usually do it. I didn't really have the patience, Mm -hmm. you know. And it was like, (laughs) I mean, I just like, I just want to fuck them. I don't really want to talk to them. I saw there's this great video of you, I think, from Memorial Day weekend at the pool, I think, out there. Do you remember doing that? What was that? You were doing like just man on the street stuff at the pool, just basically being like, we're going to have a great time. You're interviewing just all these hot girls well, at the I used pool. to do all the video for the Palm. Yeah. So I used to host all their videos. So okay. I, I so had that's some. I saw. I had some great ones. I mean, I had some fun. Like, I did New Year's Eve. Some New Year's Eves there with, Jesus. like, Kid Rock and, and Navarro. And, oh, you know, man. I remember Navarro, one of the funniest things I ever said. I go, um, I was like, why are there always, like, you know, hot chicks within, like, 10 feet of you all the time? He goes, it's very expensive. It's very, very expensive. <laughs> You know, and he, he was just, he's so fucking great. But it was so much fun. It That's was a one lot of, of fun. Now, Navarro, I mean, you, you told me at one point, too, and stop me if we, you don't want to talk about, but uh, some of the just the superstars you've partied with. Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, yeah, Robert, back in the day, back when That's, he was back when he was doing, uh, what was that? Back when he was still fun. <laughs> no, no, when he did, uh, the what's the, the uh, Lesson Zero? When he was, when he was oh. shooting Lesson Zero, he was a little bit fucking out there. Well, so was I, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, how'd you even meet him? Um, we were at a club. Um, I was at a club with another buddy of mine, and I won't I won't mention a lot of names. Yeah. But there was this. Uh, we ended up like we ended up going back to some dude's house. Like we were like it's like the club's closed. It's like two in the morning, and you know we're everyone's just gacked out of their mind. And someone goes, "Well, I got blow," and we're like, "Well, let's go to your house." You know, <laughs> it still we, happens. I feel like just not as I yeah I I'm sure it does. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it happens all the time. It's just it. There was something, you know. There was something fun, you know, about it for a little while. Yeah. I mean, it was always kind of really ugly. Yeah. Because in the end, I mean, it's like you know, ugh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It, it, it's always yeah. There, there's never, there's not too many great stories that start with, well, I did coke solid for twenty years, and now I'm thank God I did that. Like, yeah, it's not, you, you don't, you don't just hear like, yeah. yeah. Listen. The heart attack meant nothing, you know? It's like, it was no big deal. I was going to have it anyway. Yeah, it was going to happen at 37 anyway, you know? Yeah, but... Was, I, how, was, how was he to party with? Uh, I mean... Is, he was great. I mean, he was a good He was a good dude. He yeah. was a lot of fun. I mean, at that point, at like 4.35 in the morning, you know, there's nothing... Nobody's there's, himself. There's, there's no... But it's not fun sitting around a big pile of Coke drinking warm scotch, you know? It's just... Ugh, it's just gross. Yeah. But um, but I mean you know something to tell the kids. Yeah, but I mean I've been to you know I've I've seen you know I've seen it all you know I've seen it you know I've seen seen it all I mean I, 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 
Yeah, I mean, I used to work at a place called the Monkey Bar. And this Sounds was fun. back in 1992-93. And this bar was owned by Jack Nicholson and Don Henley. Holy shit. And, uh, all right. and, and all these guys, there were these, uh, these producers... Uh, these music producers and and um, and all these different people, and it was where Heidi Fleiss worked. Yeah. So Heidi Fleiss oh was there every night the famous, with her uh, girls. Yeah. Her yeah. girls sat at the booth in the bar, and that's where they worked out of. So it was like all this shit was going on, and you know, and you would work there, and it was like crazy amounts of cocaine, and I mean insane amounts of cocaine, <laughs> and it would Jack be, was all about it. Well, everybody, everybody was. was everybody yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was just like you know. The way it was set up, and you'd be like, a, I was a waiter there, you know, and it was like I just moved back from New York, and I was, you know, working at this at this restaurant, and you know, you'd go in, and the the guy'd go, Hey, listen, you got to work late tonight, and you're like, Ah, fuck, mm -hmm. you know, and he'd go, But there's a little butter plate up there for you, and you pull down the butter plate, and there's a huge amount of coke. You're like, Ah, all right, I'll stay, you know, <laughs> and it was like, and that's what it was like, you know, wow. because you would just, it was, it was crazy. See, see now we kind of know about that, like, uh, I've. I've had the old story happen to me where a con where a comedy club show guy like tried to pay me in cocaine. Yeah, and I was like, "Are you fucking crazy? I'm four foot nothing. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen uh -huh. yeah. if yeah. I take a bump of this? Like your ceilings will be spotless. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this shit. But yeah, yeah I I've, I've I've heard stories between uh, between your coke stories, between uh, Ralph Garman from K Rock's coke stories. Like oh, Jesus. They're, they're, yeah. they're 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 just unbelievable. It's like wow, I kind of wish I did it, but now I'm I'm still yeah I'm it's not I there i mean there's a there comes a point where it's like you know i look at someone now and it's like if you're in your 40s and yeah. you do cocaine yeah you're a fucking idiot yeah you know and and i'm not saying that it's move on to oxycontin yeah move yeah move on to something <laughs> good you know? you know but i mean we didn't have i mean i mean it's like you guys you know you guys have legal weed now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. you know it, it's it, it just pisses me off you know just fuck you guys you know <laughs> fuck all you with your fucking pot you and all you people i, I i've been sober man i what was there one defining thing I, i'm always curious was there one moment no i mean i had i remember i i had a birthday party uh, some some moron let me use their house up on mulholland drive for like my 37th birthday mm -hmm. and i had like 350 of my closest friends um, I don't know anybody there, and, um, and <laughs> that always the case in Hollywood. Yeah, and I and I was like, and, and I got so far. I don't remember really much about the party, mm -hmm. and uh, and I and I went home with this this woman. I swore I'd never, you know, that that it was like a bad idea. Yeah. It was like my manager, you know, and it was like, ugh, this was a bad idea, mm -hmm. and. Um, I guess you had some affiliation. A buddy, there's a comic buddy of mine who got sober because he tried to fuck his cousin at a family reunion while he was high on mushrooms, ecstasy, and cocaine. So wow. at least that was a come to Jesus moment. Yeah, at least I wow. mean, at least your relationship wasn't that strong. No, 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 no. God, so, that's awful. Well, the, I mean, but uh, to, to to be fair, you're from Oklahoma. That's kind of expected. Yeah, it's kind of expected. Second cousin's How not a big deal. You? That's where my mom is from. How dare you? I mean, and court. You and honestly, a second cousin. Yeah. That's legal. But, uh, so you go home with the manager, but no, but and then uh, you know it was I one day I I'll tell you I'll be honest with you the one day I was driving home and you know and, and if anyone you know I mean there's people there's people that believe like that I'm a quit they say oh a quitter it's like I'm not a quitter I retired I'm like Barry Sanders like I go. got out I got out before the brain injury yeah there you, know, you go because you know I mean I had a heart attack when I was 36. 
You know, Did you really? Yeah, I had a heart attack. I was on the shitter in Las Vegas. I'd done an, almost an ounce of blow. You almost pulled an Elvis? I almost pulled an Elvis. You but almost died on the shitter? I literally, I was on the shitter. I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I was on the shitter. I was thinking, I'm not famous enough to die on the shitter. <laughs> You know, I gotta get the fuck out of here, Boy, man. Court, if that's not the name of a memoir, I yeah. don't know what. Yeah. That's amazing, yeah. dude. That's yeah. amazing. But I, I can't die this way. Yeah, I'm not famous enough. But um, but I ended up. Uh, so you know, and it, I, I went another like ten months, and um, you know, I was driving home one day, and I just literally was like, was like, I didn't want to be home without drugs or booze, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I don't want to be with myself. And I yeah. think most people that struggle with drugs or struggle with alcohol or struggle with whatever they struggle with, it, it, it comes a point where you've anesthetized yourself for so long, you don't know what it's like to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're afraid to be there. And so I just, I needed help and I got help, you know, and it's been 14 and a half years, you know, and it's like, go. but the minute I fucking, the minute if I were to drink, I, I know it. It's like, because I tried it so many times. Like, mm-hmm. if I only smoke six joints a day, you know, because that's what I used to smoke, like, five, six joints a day. Wow. That was a, that was a norm. That was just norm. Jeez. And then... And you know what's I'll, crazy? That sounds like a lot to me, or not, I mean... A, a fine amount, but like Snoop probably smokes like forty joints a day. Probably, yeah, probably, but but times. probably not. Because, you don't think? No, I mean it's like he just has a couple that are really strong. He probably, you know, it's like one of those things where his tolerance is so high. My tolerance was so high. Okay, mm-hmm. so you couldn't it, even maybe. I mean, I got high, but not like not like. Like, you know, if you smoke 40 joints, you know, you're going to fucking curl over yeah. and suck your own dick. You know? <laughs> well, well I, now I might want to smoke 40 joints. Yeah. That sounds entertaining. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, it, it, but you, you build up a tolerance level. But, um, you know, it's like, I mean, I was the kind of person that would go. This was a, I'll give you a typical night. So a, a typical night when I was in my, you know, when I was, when I was bad was um, I would go over to my dealer's house. I'd pick up an, an eight ball blow, three and a half grams. I'd pick up an eight ball. I would uh, stop at the store and I'd get a 12 pack of beer, you know, on the way home. Then I would divide up Then I would get home, start drinking the beer. And as I divided up the eight ball, because, you know, I, it was, you know, you, it's, that's a lot of blow. Yeah. And so I would divide it up into packets, you know, like one, you know, one for me, one that I shared, which is the really smallest one. You know, mm-hmm. that was the smallest one, one sure. for later, right. you know. And then, you know, and then you would divide it up. And while I'm doing that, I'm snorting Coke and I would drink almost a 12 pack of beer, you know, then I would get in the shower and then I would go out and then I would go out and I would drink between 15 and 20 Jack Daniels, scotches, whatever I was drinking that night. I would drink that, do blow, come home and, you know, and party till, you know, six, seven the next morning, go to the liquor store, get more booze. Uh, at six or seven, dr- keep drinking, and then smoke some pot and try to sleep around one, two, you know, in the afternoon, and and that was rinse kinda, and repeat, rinse and repeat, and that's like that's no way to live, you know. No. I wasn't a person like, and you know, there's people that can go out and they could do two lines, and those are the people I want to stab in the face, you know. <laughs> I was not that person. If right. I did one line, you were doing or if it I all. did one drink, if I yeah. had one drink, I would call the fucking coke dealer, and I knew about ten. So it was like, yeah. oh, you're not home. Oh, I'll fucking just call this guy. Right. And so I was never someone who could just have one. And, yeah. um, you know, people say, oh, you have no willpower. It's like, go oh, fuck yourself. I had a lot of willpower. I just didn't use to exercise <laughs> it. You know? So what is, your, what is your advice now? I mean, I think we all have one, yeah? Is um, it, or is it? 
I don't know that I. I mean, I smoke, you know, I, but I, I'm I'm da- I'm cutting that out. I'm down to my little little vape. I don't even Good use like I don't use one of those big gay vape pipes now. <laughs> I've got my my little tiny my my mini vape, you know, which you I go. do. Do and you do uh, yoga or, or meditate? I mean, I play golf. There it is. That's what I do. I meditate. I meditate twice a day, every day. I've done that for almost ten years. But I, I, I keep hearing people like uh, it's the greatest Neelan thing you can ever do. About it. Uh, it's the greatest thing you can Katie ever do. Katy Perry does it, and Sklar Brothers. Me I mean, you get to go from Katy Perry to Sklar Brothers. That's a logical jump. But uh, yeah, the Sklars were tell, were tell me about it too. There's, it's the, it's if you if you can ever learn if there's anything you can ever learn to do it, it, to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. it's um, meditate, man. It it reverses the aging process, you know, because stress ages you. Mm-hmm. Stress ages you and stress causes you to be sick. What meditation does, forget the spirituality part of it. Fuck that. Here, it, it relieves stress because when you meditate, your brain actually goes to sleep while you're awake. And that doesn't happen any other time except when you're in a deep, deep, deep sleep. Even REM sleep, mm-hmm. your brain is awake. Yeah. Your, brain is a ner- your brain isn't a muscle. Your brain's are neurons that are firing. And so your body is the muscles. Your brain is, your neurons are telling your body what to do. When you meditate, your brain actually shuts down for a period of time. And when that does, your body doesn't know what to do because it's used, when it's awake, because it's used to being told what to do. So it doesn't know what to do. So it releases stress. Fuck. So while and you're sitting there and you're, you can feel the stress going out of your body. And wow. it's fucking amazing. Do you have like a meditation pad? Like, 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 did you buy a whole like? No, kit? I went, is there a kit. No, I, I, I do a thing called Vedic, which is very similar to to transcendental TM meditation. Yeah. You have a mantra, and you you do the mantra. You get to pick and, your mantra, or is there like a no, like a baby get, book name? You get to pick. They, your... they give it to you. It's it's <laughs> like you know, you just pay a shit ton of money for some bullshit name, <laughs> you know, bullshit mantra, whatever it is. But it's but it's it's worth it at the end of the day. You know, I mean. Everyone's going, ah, fuck, we went from cocaine to fucking meditation. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Those California hippies. Yeah, yeah fucking assholes. Yeah. I want to hear more about Playmate pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it does. It, it changes your life. It, it, it helps you. It really relieves an amazing amount of stress, and it, and it changes the way you react to other people. Which is helpful in this business because, um, A, just like you're saying, like react, like the amount of oh, people you have to of, deal with oh, and the amount of, Oh, the and, amount of times I wanted to take Tommy and pull him through that <laughs> fucking you know that fucking window and beat him within an inch of his life <laughs> throw a lawn dart at his uh... oh fuck I, yeah, that guy you know but... <laughs> well one thing I one thing I love about you Court is whenever I see you out whenever I see you at the store or whatever you always have a story you always have a good word you're always kind to the kind to the people around you and it's just it's just always good to see you when you're out you're Thanks, they, they're, they're, Thank there's you. never been I don't think I've ever been out uh, and seen you and had a bad night that night. And that is the honest to God truth. Whether it be Vegas, whether it be Well, LA, I always whatever. leave before it gets ugly. Ah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the key. Yeah, but he's right. Like, there's, I mean, there was a handful of guys, like, I remember when I first, like, was hanging around the store that made me feel comfortable to be there. And you were definitely one of them. And I don't, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why, like, I don't know why there's this, you know, yes, it, it's, it is a pain in the ass because there's shit tons of comics. It's harder to get spots. The spots are worse. There's fewer, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, it's not. It, it shouldn't change the way you interact with other comedians. It's not like the acting business where you're all auditioning for the same role. Yeah. You know, if you're funny, you're funny. You know, and unfortunately, you know, that's just the way it is. And or fortunately, that's the way it is. I should say. But it's like I don't. There's nobody I really 
have a problem with. There's nobody right. I don't like. I mean, there's people that will walk up and are assholes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if you're not there and you're not friendly, you know, it's like, what are you, you doing? You, 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 you and I have always been friends. You and yeah. I, you know, you and I have always yeah. been friends. It's like, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Sure. We're, we, this business we, is we, tough enough. Why yeah, would you we get to have a great life? We get to make yeah. people laugh for a living. We get to, we get to yeah. shit in Hugh Hefner's house. <laughs> yeah. In his fucking office. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I want to encourage all our listeners to a subscribe to your podcast, Insensitivity Training. Yeah. It's with uh, Joe Bartnick, and just look up Joe Bartnick. Your Joe Bartnick is he sounds he sounds like a ninety two year old man, but trust me, he, did, he, he he's just funny as fuck. <laughs> Why'd Bartnick, you pick him as a co host? Um, you know what? It was like Joe and I have been friends. Joe used to do Playboy Radio. I yeah, got, I got Joe on Playboy Radio, and Joe. Yeah, you got on. Joe Bartnick. <laughs> Joe, Bar- <laughs> Joe, I just wanted somebody that would just not. Just would just say what the fuck they wanted to yeah. say. Would be all in. And Joe Bartnick flat out. <laughs> fuck yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, we recorded in my apartment, and I have to be like Joe. Shh. <laughs> I don't want to get thrown out of the I apartment. Neighbors, yeah. yeah. I, not even neighbors. Oh. I mean, I just it's like coming down the street. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's loud. And um, he's a loud but guy. I I love Joe. I mean, he's just one of those guys that is like he's a. And, and the other thing too is, it, you want Joe on your side. You do not yes, want sir. to. You do not He's a big want. Dude. Well, no. It's like if you've ever seen Joe, like if if he doesn't like someone, or, or there's somebody that he is not. And 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 in his defense, Joe is one of the nicest, sweetest yeah. fucking teddy bears in yeah. the world. But if you fucking wrong Joe Bartnick. <sighs> You have wronged the wrong motherfucker. Really? Yeah. And it's not that he's going to physically do anything yeah. to you. It's just that he has this look like you owe me money. And it's this look so of... So you'll you, pay him even if you, you don't. You, 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 just, you, just, if you, you just start reaching in your pocket. You're just like, he looks at you like that and you're like, how much? How much do I owe you? How much do I owe you? Because you're like... So sorry, sir. Fucking terrified. I do never... I never will, ro- will wrong Joe Bartnick. Love well, that. One, because I love the guy. But yeah. two... I just would never. You used to want to be in the bad end of that stare. Never. <laughs> uh, subscribe to the podcast. Also, get your out uh, your comedy album uh, live from Pearl Street. It just came out, right? I uh, back in August. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's still recent. It's still recent. recent. It's less than a yeah, year. Yeah, within the year, and that's available uh, on iTunes. So you can subscribe to the podcast, get the album live from Pearl Street on iTunes. You did and, that at uh, the Comedy Store in La Jolla. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome, a right? Great room. That's the fucking greatest, man. I go down there every year during the golf tournament. And it's mm-hmm. like great because like Ricky Fowler, all the fucking all the fucking guys come out to the shows. And your pals with these? Oh yeah, yeah they're all buds. That's they're all amazing. they're all fun as shit, man. Yeah. Do you, do you ever make fun of uh, Ricky Fowler for his fluorescent pants? Not a fucking no. That kid's like twenty six and he's worth like ninety four million dollars, and he's the right. nicest fucking guy in ah, the world. Do you tell him like, hey man, if there's one piece of advice, stay away from the Denny's waitresses? No. <laughs> you, know, you should see his girls. Oh. <laughs> do golfer dudes? Yes. Get- Major hot pussy. Yes. What? Major yes. hot pussy. Bless you. Like more. Thank you. Like more so than. More so than anything. More what? Than yeah. anybody. Yeah. Anybody. More so than Rafael Nadal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that the only thing pro, tennis is probably close. Yeah. But golf is is country club girls. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Daughters of wealthy men. Yes. Who are so fucking hot. Yeah. That it's like it's disgusting. And they're looking for husbands, or they're just looking for fun. Uh, a little, little bit of column A, a little, little column B. Yeah, a little column A, column B. I mean, it's like, and you've got like, yeah. I mean, super mom. I mean, just well, unbelievable. Here, here's here's the thing. Like when you go, when you go to the other sports, yes, you get really attractive women, but they're not of the. Cal- 
caliber in terms of the families, the uh, the background. They didn't go to the boarding schools. They didn't go to like like yeah. you like the like the golf women, like golf chicks, Formula One chicks. Like those women are just like. They're yeah, un- I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're another level. Yeah, I mean, you they're get into the NBA level. wise, and you're talking about worn out vaginas. I mean, these <laughs> chicks have been fucking. So it's a difference hammered. between like, like, like Shasta soda and like really nice A and W cream soda. This is, this <laughs> is like this is like European soda, man. I mean, yeah. it's good soda. I mean, <laughs> it's good soda. Sometimes you can have two or three sodas at the same time if, oh. you're, if, if, if you're lucky. That's the best. I mean, you watch these guys. Look at these guys' wives, man. I mean, you yeah. look at the wi- look at the look at the wives on these fucking tours. Does it they sometimes not match unbelievable. up? Unbelievable. Oh, like Jack Nicholas. Does he have a hot wife? Well, Barbara's like 93. Yeah. You know, hey, but she was the hot, question. She was hot in her day. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, I mean. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous and if you ever yeah because if you ever want to see some go see a pga tour event live not just to see the golf because there's booze and there's some of the hottest chicks you've ever seen so in this life. is why tiger i mean obviously he had a problem sounds like probably pre-golf no, but anybody who, he didn't have exposure to these women like he's not know. a sex addict now right no he was he's a you're a sex addict when you get busted when you're married yeah you know you're not at nobody you don't i don't i don't have a problem if i'm getting fucked all the time now there's yeah. not a problem because yeah. you're single but if I'm you're single, married if you're married and you, and you have an addiction yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have an addiction to fine pussy that's what you have an addiction to um, and it's like but yeah i mean it's yeah, yeah. court uh we should, we, yeah it. we should have done this a long time ago guys i love we will, so happy we this did the best this. we yeah. will absolutely do it again yeah sooner than later because i feel like you know because i want to know what other celebrity bathrooms that you've shit in oh we could get into those. well i want to know what other animal cages you've gotten blown next to we could do those too <laughs> All right, those are two insane top five lists that this, we will have next time on the podcast. Do, no primates in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Show. That's the show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.